0: The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. We will only really know your love in part uh, because of the (laughs) limitations of our own heart and mind. We'll never know the height and depth and width of your love for us. I pray that we'll respond to your invitation again today uh, to enjoy your home, your leadership, being a part of your family. I pray that the sound of children today as we listen to your word will remind us that we can call out to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You were made to be a part of something bigger than yourself, something bigger than any job or hobby or political party or even your own family. God made you first and foremost to be a part of his family and his kingdom. God's kingdom is your ultimate allegiance. When you understand the good news of the kingdom and become a child of God, everything else finds its right and healthy place in your life. In this sermon series, we invite you to see the kingdom of God and submit yourself completely to the life-giving authority of Jesus. Uh, today, we are going to talk about what it means to be the royal subjects of King Jesus. What it means to be the royal subjects of of King Jesus. <clears throat> now, at the beginning of the COVID lockdown, Hannah and I did what many of our other friends were doing at that time, which is we were having a baby and we were watching Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. So Hamilton on Disney+, Plus was this immersive experience into a musical that... None of us could afford, right? Like, <laughs> we couldn't go and see it, but brought into our living room or wherever we, were, we could watch this incredible play. And, and the play is built upon the life of this ambitious young man with a prolific pen who helped form our country. It, it's, it's fun, it's musical. But what you get from this play is really a deep dive into the thoughts of somebody who wrote not just influencing a lot of the founding documents, but what we know is the Federalist Papers, which were these documents to help us understand the Constitution and what it really meant for us. And and in that, let me just read and just stick with me if if you're not interested in history at all. Um, the first paper of the Federalist paper, the, most of those were written by Alexander Hamilton. He, he wrote this uh, It has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been reserved to the people of this country by their conduct and example to decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable or not of establishing good government from reflection and choice or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political constitutions on accident or force. And that force they were talking about was none other than nasty King George III, who is is comically portrayed by Jonathan Goff in the film uh, as this guy who occasionally will come out and he will give this, like, he's just like spitting and, you know, wild, very... Over the top, and and he kind of—he's set up. King George III is set up for us to to mock him, right? And, And to to rally with Alexander Hamilton on his on his buddies to to basically come around this theme of down with the king, right? And so to this day, we celebrate what they did in our celebration of independence. Now, that, that word is a powerful word. We don't celebrate. We see, it's viewed in that negative separation. It's not viewed as we're, we're celebrating a new dependence on one another. What if every July 4th we're like, we're celebrating our dependence on one another here. No, we don't. We celebrate what we broke away from, right? Down with the king. Down with the king. That is deeply in the DNA of our country, and that's deeply in the DNA of, of our culture. The king is only out for their own good, and we must get rid of them at all costs. We don't want to be royal subjects. It is demeaning to be a royal subject. That is, that is deeply in the DNA of, of our culture and our country. Now, that influences the way we see Jesus. Now, I, I'm really glad that, that we, we got away from King George III. Now, don't get me wrong. like That was a bad deal, Okay? But the way it influences us to this day in, in America is this idea of royalty, kingship, monarchy is inherently wrong. And if that is your view, you will never understand the Bible. You'll never understand what you're being invited into when you're invited to believe King Jesus. Jesus is king and he has a kingdom, and that's what you're being invited into when you're invited to follow him. But we have to be sure that we're talking about the same thing. The context Jesus gives for his kingdom is this, that my kingdom is not of this world. Right? So the context that we oftentimes think about when we think of kingship is whoever has the most land, guns, and influence is the king. Land, guns, influence. And Jesus isn't talking about that stuff. Jesus doesn't care about that stuff in the way we care about that stuff. We can see from his inauspicious birth in a manger and his lonely, humiliating death on the cross that Jesus is a different type of king. Jesus is a different type of king than any king that has ever been. Philippians 2 outlines this perfectly, where we see Jesus as king becoming nothing. And if you read in Philippians 2, it says, taking on the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, he is exalted to the highest place, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is King Jesus, the king that became nothing, so that not only we can see him elevated above all things, but we'll be drawn with him to that place of everything ours in Christ Jesus the King. So, if you don't want to be a royal subject, you're not going to be a good follower of Jesus, (laughs) because that's What you are. Nothing less than that, but more than that, because those who are royal subjects of King Jesus are also co heirs with Christ and sons and daughters of God. And that is a really sweet deal. Okay? So, what we're going to talk about today is we look at what it means to be a royal subject and hopefully. Uh, hopefully changing our thinking, trying to rewire our brains a little bit, so when we think about having a king, we think, man, I want a king. I want King Jesus more than anything. I don't want this to be a democracy of, like, he gets some thoughts and I get some thoughts. I want it to be his way above everything else, okay? So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 8, starting in verse 31. John eight thirty-one. It's also going to be oh wow look at this slide you guys are just surprising me every week, that's fancy. Can okay, do that you Trent? I see you. That's good. <clears throat> okay, uh, John eight thirty one to thirty six. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, "If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. This is such a good verse. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So in these verses, Jesus... Showing us a couple things. And the first thing he's showing us is the way to freedom. If we want to come, can you come back to the first verse. <clears throat> um, and I'm just going to read this verse and then we'll, we'll go on to that, that uh, second verse. And, and I want you to see in this that these are, these are people that are believing, have believed in him that he's talking to. And if you keep reading, it kind of gets pretty dicey because they get upset quickly. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth, truth will set you free. The way to freedom is this. My teachings. That is what Jesus says, my teachings. And we see in this that Jesus is the expert, and that Jesus is claiming exclusivity to the way of truth. Jesus, the expert. I think we think of Jesus as a lot of things, but I think we rarely think of him as the expert, which he is. I love experts. So if I go to a restaurant and I'm sitting down and I say, what's the best thing on the menu? And, and the waiter or waitress goes, well, some people are like this and some people, are like, honestly, I just want to leave. I want that waiter or waitress to look at me and be like, the salmon drizzled with cream sauce, a little parsley on top. You're going to get some potatoes on the side. Don't worry. Dip those potatoes in the cream sauce. And, you know, and I'm like, give me five of those. You know, I, I just, I want, you are the pro. You know? I've been convinced by waiters and waitresses to get things with blue cheese, even though I hate blue cheese. Just because they're describing it to me, I'm like, yes. You know, I just want it. Like, we love experts. You know, I want to, if I go to the doctor, I want an expert, right? I want somebody who knows more than I do, uh, who's going to tell me what's going on with me that I leave, maybe not having a cure, but at least understanding what's going on with my body, right? Right? Like, we value expertise. That's all you crazy podcasters out there. That's the only reason why you listen to podcasts. Because you want some life hack, or you want, like, somebody who's going to get you further than where you're at. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's going, it's my teaching, it's my way, it's what I'm saying to you that will get you to the place you want to go. Which is having truth, and that truth will free you. Now, there's some cool stories that show how this happened in the Bible. Um, It's Jesus isn't just saying, trust me. He's actually showing that he's trustworthy. I love the story of of, uh, Nathaniel in the Bible, where uh, he is the skeptic of skeptics, and his buddy Philip is like, hey, you should come see Jesus. And Nathaniel comes in the first, he comes out swinging. First thing he says to Jesus is like, well, what, you know, what up, you know, and he's just like insulting Jesus off the bat. And And the way Jesus responds to him, I saw you when you were under the fig tree, makes Nathan believe. He saw that Jesus had understanding and knowledge of his life that no one else was privy to. And so he was going to trust Jesus as the expert. Same thing with the woman at the well, who left saying, Jesus told me everything I ever did. Now that is scary, right? To see someone with that power. But when they have that knowledge and that expertise and they're using it for freedom... They're using it for the release of captives. That's awesome. And that's why Jesus is trustworthy. We see the same thing in the Old Testament. Hagar, the God who sees me. When Jesus says, my teachings, he is one that knows all things and is then going to communicate his expertise to you. But his teachings are his own. It is this way. Jesus is the way. Now, many of us never put our faith in Jesus or really anything because there's so many opportunities and there's so many ways. And Jesus is narrowing all those down to saying, my way. It is this way, my way, or you can keep trying other opportunities. Now, when I, when I was thinking of this, I thought about, you know, I have, I have so many um, illustrations from my hikes with Carl that I just, I, I try to just use them once a year, you know. But there was this time we were hiking on the Wonderland Trail, and, uh, Carl, this was like, we, we, we evaded disaster. Because we were, like, end of the day, we just really, we wanted to get to camp. We knew we have to go downhill. And so we were walking, and then there was this parallel path. Remember this, Carl? And there was this snowshoot that we could have kind of glissaded down to it and got to what we thought was the path. Now what we figured out about another mile down the road was that path, if we got on it, would have taken us who knows where, right? And and we were pulling like twenty-five mile days, like hundred, like not hundred thousands of feet of vertical gain. Like this is, this is like not the moment you want to get on the wrong path, right? Thankfully, we stayed true. (laughs) We stayed on the right path. You want to know the way, and want to know that way is going to get you to where you want to go. And Jesus is that way. But Jesus being the way means you can shed all or get rid of all or let go of all other ways. Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life in this world will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will gain it. That's Jesus saying, I'm the expert. My way is exclusive. I'm inviting you to come and follow me, but if you follow me, I want you to know that's letting go of all other things. Now, this was a lot for the people to take in, even though these people already had kind of started believing Jesus. Okay, and, and so Jesus saying that it's his truth that will set them free, it <laughs> it strikes a nerve with them, and their response, if if we look to verse thirty three. that's okay. Uh, They respond to him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Now, now it's interesting to see how insulted they get because we know like a big part of Jewish history is the 400 years of slavery in Egypt, but, but they just were like, no one's ever, you know, (laughs) they're like, no, And, and they just didn't want anyone to assume that they'd ever experienced any form of slavery. This is powerful because I think this oftentimes is what arouses in our own hearts when Jesus says, it's my way or your way, you can't have it both ways. As we go, well, Jesus, I've been doing fine by myself, thank you. That's what they're saying. They're gonna. I'm well. Then it's my way, right? When Jesus offers us His way, they had no idea the bondage that was inside of them. That's what's coming up here. They just didn't know. They didn't know the kind of captivity that that was already around their souls. And and we see this a lot. To illustrate this, um, you know, at the Coffee Oasis. We get to spend a lot of time with, with young men and women who don't have homes. And, um, and being homeless or experiencing homelessness doesn't just mean not having a home. Um, it does. That's a very significant part of it. But sometimes it's, it's the, you get in a home, but it's, it's hard to know how to keep that home, right? Unless you know how to pay bills. Unless you, know, you don't know how to like clean it and make sure it doesn't like diminish in value, increase in value. All those things, Right? are a part of being a homeowner, right? I mean, think of it in terms of, of drug abuse. Oftentimes we think drug abuse is just not having drugs, but it's still that, what's going on in the heart and the mind can keep you in that captivity still. Think about marriage in this way. Oftentimes when we face marriage, we just think we're, we're with the wrong person, not realizing there's things in our heart that are keeping that relationship or any other relationship that you have hurting. Right? There are other things going on. And that's what Jesus is pointing out. He's like, man, you think it's, it's not just, it's not just this, this land power weapons? No, he goes, there's something going on in your heart, in your soul. There's a captivity there. We will never have freedom until we see the chains that are enslaving us. Second Peter 2.19 says, people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Ephesians 2 1. You once were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the way of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those of disobedience. So this is when we are not following his way, our way is captivity. That's that's the two realities: his way or our way. Now, the good news, the gospel news, is that Jesus is the king who has come to save you. Jesus is the king who has come to save you. He is the king that has come to set you free. See, the, the way a king of the world gains power is by taking your power, right? That's the only way a king of this world can have power, is he takes your power, or a queen could take your power, Right? That's the only power they have is if people follow them. Now, Jesus don't need nobody to follow him, right? Jesus is king with ultimate power and authority. He is sovereign over all things. He's king of kings and lord of lords. It is only your benefit to follow him. You get power when you follow Jesus, right? (laughs) Not the other way around. If you follow a a king on earth, you lose power. If you follow Jesus, you gain power, right? Right? because you're you're actually letting go of your weakness and in his freedom you're gaining strength listen to this guys let this blow your mind Matthew 20 28 the son of man Jesus king of kings came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many this is a king who doesn't come and saying I need you all to serve me for me to have power he goes I'm coming to serve you what an incredible counter-narrative in, in a world where we know slavery, service, all these things as being horrible as they are. But if we meet Jesus and we serve him, we find one who's going lower, serving more, elevating us more than we ever could do in return. Isn't that amazing? The king of kings came not to be served, but to serve. That is the king who comes to save you. And in this way, John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. (laughs) That is King Jesus. That's the way he acts. He carries the cross alone. He wears the crown alone. He conquers death alone. And then he gives that to us for our freedom. Jesus uses his kingly power to cover you and carry you, not to condemn you. That's... John 3.17. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. That's the mission of King Jesus. It's powerful. Lastly, because of these things, because of what I have said already, Jesus is worthy of our absolute ultimate allegiance. We want to be royal subjects of King Jesus. That, That should be our... And if you're not convinced... Again, I want to to point out to you these stories, right? Nathanael, who was just insulting Jesus, and then when he saw how Jesus saw him, he says, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. The centurion who saw Jesus crucified, Jesus dies in front of him, and he says, surely this man was the son of God. Saul, who became Paul, you murdered, tried murdering Christians, did murder Christians, all of a sudden becomes, becomes one who, when he sees King Jesus for who he is, he powerfully preaches that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is worthy of our ultimate allegiance. And I don't think it is stated anywhere better than in the book of Revelations, where you have these 24 elders gathered around the throne, and these are like, like powerful people, and says they cast down their crowns around Jesus, and this is what they say. It's, a, it's like, it's kind of like, you get to sense it's on repeat over and over again. They're just saying, worthy, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, power, for you created all things. By your will, they were created, and they have their being. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Revelation 5, we get this other picture. Again, worthy is the lamb who was slain. It says, to him who sits on the throne, to the lamb, be praise, honor, and glory forever and ever and ever. To him who sits on the throne. Is Jesus on the throne of your life? That is the big question today. I want to leave you simply with this. Faith in Jesus cannot be added to your other beliefs. Yeah, I'm going to like, it. Oh. <laughs> Faith in Jesus cannot be added to your other beliefs. Your surrender to Jesus must be absolute. Saving faith is accepting Jesus' teachings. He says, my teachings as the way to know God and enjoy eternal life. The Bible invites you to choose today who you will serve. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, the stamp of the saint is that they can waive their own rights and obey the Lord Jesus. Have you surrendered your life to the king? Do you believe the truth he speaks? If your heart is scared to surrender, it might be that you have not yet recognized the goodness of King Jesus and his great love for you. You might still think that that God will use his power to condemn you. And the story of King Jesus is the opposite. He uses his power to free you and save you. That is the story of the gospel. He's that father looking over you, loving you, like, can't wait till he wake up, right? You're like That's the heart of God. Is your heart scared to surrender? Well, Jesus is the king who uses his power and authority to save you. Will you let him save you? Will you give him your ultimate allegiance and become his royal subject, his son or daughter. That's the gospel, people. It's good news. <clears throat> uh, with that, we are going to take communion together. And my charge for you simply, your takeaway, what I'm asking you to do, is, is simply ask these questions Have I surrendered my life? And am I living for Jesus? Am I taking Him at His word? Am I trusting Him completely with my life? Um, And that is what we ask every time we take communion, remembering Jesus who was betrayed, broke his body for us, shed his blood for us, that we can be free if we believe his teachings. So meditate on that, receive that as we take communion together, which will be in the back. Um, Also, if you just want prayer over here, we're gonna have some people, Ibrahim standing there right now, we're gonna have people that just can pray for you. If you're like, man, I don't know, how to be free, (laughs) there's something that I just, I can't seem to break away from. Go get prayer um, or anything else. Please take this opportunity. With that, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for using your power to save us. God, I pray that the call, be free, be free, will be uh, loud in our ears and our hearts. We won't miss this opportunity today, That today will be the day of salvation uh, for us just to say, I'm yours to lay down, to surrender. Um, The ways we've just followed our own hearts, the ways we've confused ourselves. God, we want your way. We want the way to freedom. Um, Help us do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.